You're listening to Inclusive AF with Jackie Clayton and Katie Van Horn. Just love the new Zoom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Inclusive AF Podcast. I am Jackie Clayton. And this is Katie Van Horn. See, when I go for- first, I don't do the pause. Oh, I beg your pardon. Okay. <laughs> this is Katie Van Horn. Um, yes. And this is the Inclusive AF Podcast 2022 edition. <laughs> We're ready. Loving it. We're having it, people. Um, so we have a very special guest today, and um, we are excited. As you know, I, I, no one that's uh, unless you have been on the podcast and recorded with us, we just discussed that every single time we do this, we start to have a great conversation, and then we're like, "Oh shoot, we should probably record what we're actually talking about," uh, which happened uh, just a few moments ago. So. Vivian, I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce yourself and uh, welcome to the Inclusive AF podcast. Thank you. First of all, I have to say the energy that you are both bringing with me, Jackie and Katie, I I love it. Even though I'm tired, it's 8 p.m. in the afternoon and I've dealt with my fair share of the week of BS, but I (laughs) I get a lot of energy from you. So thank you for having me here and having this conversation. So my name is Vivian Aqua born and raised in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, and I call myself the inclusive workplace wellness advocate. And to share a little bit of my story, um, in the past, I used to be a finance slash IT consultant, but everything changed for me from the moment that I announced my pregnancy. So that was about eight years ago. And um, it was the best day of my life, but also the hardest day of my life. Why? Because I had to explain to my then managers, it was a small IC company and I was dealing with five managers, uh, sharing my pregnancy at an early age at five weeks because I wanted to be transparent, but I also wanted to have empathy, sympathy, something to, for them since the majority were fathers. But what I got was BS. What I got was bullying. What I got was pain and hurt. And that hurt is something that I converted towards uh, my passion at the moment right now. So luckily my son is healthy and luckily nothing happened. But during that time, you have to realize that having a high blood pressure during the pregnancy and that being triggered uh, by an unhealthy, toxic workplace that for me was um, really the thing that that shaped me towards what am I doing? Why am I putting work first? And especially putting work first, um, getting pregnant, it's not easy for everybody, right? It's not easy. So I see my son as a very special gift. And along the way, kids have, they say the darnest things, but sometimes they are also our mirrors of yourself. And from time to time, I see my son turning himself into a Yoda and sharing, asking challenging questions, but also sharing um, his insights, what he is learning. So I'm learning through him, but also realizing that I'm doing this work also because I need to plant um, inclusive, inclusive seeds now for us to reap from it, but also for him to reap from it and his generation. So that is a brief version of my story. Um, My name means water. So aqua means water. And I'm literally now and being hired to put out fires uh, related to DEI. And my my, um, unique thing is I want to be able to prevent these fires from happening. Love I it. love that. That that means a lot. And P.S. Your children keep doing that. My my mm. my son. It was so funny yesterday. <laughs> Mom, guess what we talked about? And he's in mm-hmm. college. I was like, what? He's like, we talked about bias. I was like, mm. oh. And how did that go? He was like, I was great. I was like, um, awesome. I was I great. Would love to know. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 They're like, yeah. oh, I know all about it. I love that. that I love that, that this. I love that this generation is already having open conversations about it, and even when people are not ready, they're still going to talk about it. As in, I grew up in a generation where, let us think. No, hold your horses. Wait, wait until we are ready, and. I can see so much happening being accelerated with the work that we are doing right now. Yes. 
Yes. There, we I, Like, you know, people always say, well, you have to take your time and do all those things. And I always jump in and say, well, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that that's what's encouraged, but it's it's amazing what we can do when we are forced to, with a lot of the activities that yeah. have taken place from a diversity standpoint has mm-hmm. been forced upon us. And we had, it's yeah. like, quick, hurry up, hurry up. And we've had to make some quick decisions. Well, mm-hmm. and it's also the, how much longer do we have to wait? And I'm saying we, the collective we, not me as a white woman, but the we mm-hmm. of, you know, this work isn't new. Yeah. It's not stuff that hasn't been talked about for centuries. Mm-hmm. What are we waiting on exactly? Who, who isn't comfortable yet? <laughs> who right. No, this is an issue yet. Um, other than the members of the U S Congress, you know, but I mean, other than them, who isn't aware? Yeah, in Parliament. But then I will add. I then, I will add yeah. then I will add the European politics as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> but I want to back up on something you said. Just mm-hmm. in telling your story. Yeah. I haven't even had a chance to tell Katie this yet, but this is related. When you, the first thing that you mentioned about you mentioned about being pregnant, and then mm-hmm. mentioned about high blood pressure. Um, yeah. We've talked to other doctors, medical doctors, and physicians on the show before in regards to um, race and how it affects our treatment. Uh, last week, I went to the doctor, and people who know me very well know that I kind of have like a heart thing going on, but I have. Um, my blood pressure spiked and my physician was uh, a black woman and said, do you feel dizzy or do you have a headache? And I go, no. And she said, I don't even know why we ask that question anymore because you wouldn't. And I said, why wouldn't I? And she said, because as a black woman, you're already going through so much. You wouldn't have the ability to not be in a stressed place where you're so relaxed that you would notice that you have a headache. You always have a headache. And I was like, what? I'm 40. Like I was, I was so mad, but it's so true. It's like, this is your every day. If you're stressed yeah. when you go into a store, cause you think you might be accused of stealing. You're not relaxed and thinking, Oh wow. And I have a headache. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Whoa, I wish someone would have said that to me 30 years ago. Well, we don't look, you know, the way that people are, are treated. And we talked about how a lot of the things that we use as symptoms have have come out of white men being doctors and treating other white men and bringing that, that's what we put in the books and we still use those books today. Luckily there is a newer generation creating newer, better illustrations, right? Better education as well. So I'm glad that the guy who shared an image of a pregnant black woman uh, illustration, he's going viral at the moment. And I'm so happy that he is doing that to open other people their eyes about that as well. Yes. And I think the part that's also cool is I actually shared some of those images just the other night with some of my siblings and they were like, oh my gosh, like we've never seen. And I'm like, that's the whole mm-hmm. point. No one has yeah. ever seen them. And that's, yeah. you know, and, and, and the fact that it's 2022 and there are no images of a black woman with a black child, mm-hmm. you know, like, how is that, how is that possible that True. That's just not a thing. And then all of the different um, illustrations he's he's done have been new for people and it's stuff that they've never seen before, which is just bonkers to me. So, um, so tell us a little bit about what you do. Tell us a little bit about what you're focused on. Cause I, it's just, it's really interesting to me that the work that you're doing. Yeah. So I started my journey at as a workplace wellness advocate. And basically I'm looking into the different pillars of well-being. So not only the physical part, the mental part, the career, financial well-being as well, and realize that there's a lot of connection when you look at diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? When it comes to having a, uh, when it comes to excluding others, it can hurt their financial well-being it can hurt their mental well-being it can hurt their their physical well-being and there's so much more out there but in Europe at the time when I started talking about diversity equity and inclusion it's just like executing yourself so I need Mm -hmm. I needed workplace wellness to be my Trojan horse 
to invite these conversations and have these, you know, have these mirror conversations about what you see, what I see, and how can we collectively fix that? That's how my journey started. Um, my son was six when George Floyd died, and he's biracial. So his dad is Dutch, I'm Ghanaian. And explaining that to a six-year-old in the Netherlands, where the video was shown over and over again, no trigger warning whatsoever. So every time that I saw that video, I switched to another channel. Unfortunately, he saw it. Luckily, he saw it. And to me, the most heartbreaking thing that we had to do is explain racism, explain the hurt of a Black person. But also, this is one of his Yoda moments, the moment that I shared my perspective on about George Floyd being killed because of the color of his skin. His only question was, is anybody going to hurt you, mom? That question, it broke my heart. And a few days later, I noticed that Alexis Ohanian was stepping down from Reddit. And that to me gave an insight. He shared that he needs to do something for him to be able to look his child in the eyes and say, what did you do, dad? And I wanted to do something similar. I mean, I don't have the, their budget, unfortunately, but I can, make, <laughs> yes. I, can, I can make a power move. And I know a lot of people on LinkedIn. So what I did is uh, I'm a geek. I have a robot behind me just because of my IT background, but I also know a lot of people and that's where I facilitated a virtual summit um, the first year containing 69 international people and it's called Amplify DEI. Last year, I did another one with 92 speakers from all over the world. Uh, this year, I'm trying to do the mindful way. So this year it will be about 50 people. But the, 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 the thing that I want to do is I cannot be DEI on my own. You cannot be That's DEI right. on your own. I need to tap into the different intersectionalities that we have in the world. And one thing that I noticed during the demonstration is that every country had their exclusion story. What if we unite our stories and tell our stories collectively so that we can tell the challenges from a personal perspective, not from a, a scientific or a boring perspective, as in you know, a lot of these DEI things or lectures are being held. I want some jazz, I want some pepper, I want some human essence to it. And that's what we did. I love that. Um, and so you're gonna do this, when are you doing the, the conference this year? Yeah, so September, my son is born on the 9th of September, and I want to honor that into uh, providing the summit in September as a celebration, but also as a way to, after the holidays, right, we need to not forget what's happening in the rest of the world. So that's why I'm doing it at that time. And again, I'm going to tap into intersectionality, holding myself accountable as in who was missing last year and who do I need to add on this year to, to really make it inclusive. Last year was also about adding captions because I had a deaf speaker there and also other people were asking me like, we need captions to be fully included. And every time I need to challenge myself as well. I don't know it all, I don't pretend to do that. But I do know that I am growing, I'm evolving, and I want others to grow with me. So it's not about uh, meeting them where they are at, inviting them where they are at. So if you're starting, join me. If you're somewhere in the middle, join me. If you're somewhere at the end and you want to start over that cycle, join me as well. Awesome. I love that. Mm -hmm. So, um, what are the, what were the last year, what were the key topics or what were the ideas that maybe resonated with folks the most, or what were the mm -hmm. things that, that people really got engaged in the conversation about? Um, the theme of last year was inclusive leadership. And um, in the past, when I would see the title of leadership, I would see it as it doesn't apply to me. But one of the things that I've learned during my career is we are all leaders and we have to start our journey with ourselves. So adding the self part, uh, heightening the self part, but also realizing that we have different stories to tell, right? Different narratives to tell and highlighting the fact that 
Amplify DEI is one of the few most intersectional uh, summit where I am applauding for more women. Sorry, but I have to do that. I see Mm -hmm. so many summits where I don't see myself. And if I see something uh, in the past, it was more of, you know, a few sprinkles of people from different backgrounds. And the majority was white men. And I wanted to do something similar. I do have white men on my summit, but they are not the majority on it. I like that. I appreciate that so much. And you're right when you talk about generationally. That was one of the things that um, in my travels in speaking to people from Panama or Curacao Mm -hmm. or the Virgin Islands and asking them about discrimination where they were or how Mm -hmm. they saw diversity and how it was impacted. Um, Because they, I mean, we barely get our own stories in the United States. So listening to that impact internationally, um, you never get. And so it's so, it's so important to realize like this is so much bigger than us like and I say us mm-hmm. meaning me my community where I am it is broader and so to have that opportunity is awesome how much do you understand the future of finance I'm Jim Roos a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast banking transform where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology join me as I interview industry experts thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube. Yeah, you're, you're, you're thinking about my team song. So my team song for last year was Beyonce is Bigger. I needed that song. I needed that song to empower myself, but also I needed that song because there are along the way, sometimes people, there are some naysayers around the way. And I'm an introvert from the get go. I am an MB. I can switch on and off, but people critiquing what you're doing, especially when it comes close to your heart, it's not easy, but I put a lot of faith and a lot of trust in that song because that song is highlighting you know, the thing that we are doing. And also don't, don't be fooled by the Netherlands, right? We have our wheat, we have our red light district and we have our tulips and we have our cheese. But when you ask people, people from uh, a different ethnic background, when you ask them, is there any discrimination or have you ever felt excluded? You'll hear a different story than what they are marketing outside. Our marketing, like we are, we are progressive when you, when you put us together to the US and, and, the, and the Netherlands, there, but there is a but. You know about the history, you acknowledge slavery. We are hmm, trying to make steps, but also a lot of people are denying what happened in the past, so yeah. I think that it, it is interesting because you know we have our history in the US and when, and as Jackie's saying, when you're traveling, having conversations about what are the DEI conversations here? So, mm-hmm. you know, in Germany, very different com- conversations. Yeah. And even, you know, talking about, you know, we have the, even just the labels, African-American doesn't apply yeah. when you're talking about, you know, folks from other countries, just because it no. doesn't resonate and it isn't true. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, it is fascinating because I think that's one of the pieces that people don't understand if they are just focused on the U.S. when you're looking at this from a global view. It's similar conversation, but there are some differences. Absolutely. There are definitely some differences, but there are a whole lot of similarities. So it's very easy upon us to show, you know, the bad news in the U.S. But what we don't show is what's happening here, the yuckiness that's happening here so that everybody can see that, yes, the Netherlands, we have our museums, we have so much richness. But what about the other people that are being left out of the equation? You don't want, where, where do we see them? Yeah. Is there a conversation about like immigration in the <laughs> Netherlands? I'm laughing. I'm leading, I'm, I'm leading the witness here. I'm leading the witness here. <laughs> no, I'm laughing because I recently had a conversation on my platform about this, that when it comes to uprooting yourself, right? 
if I would have asked you, not even ask you, if I would have stand within five minutes on your door and say, you have to leave everything behind and go to a country that you don't, where you don't speak the language and that people don't understand you, would you do it? How would you feel? How would you feel? Because people think that, that immigrants come here, refugees come here just to steal jobs, steal houses, steal their income, steal their joy, steal everything. But if I would have asked you, leave everything behind within five minutes, would you? Would you uproot yourself? And an, another way to help people to, to unlock the empathy within people is by using VR, right? A way to for them to walk in other people's shoes with just for five minutes, even though it's just five minutes short and sweet, but a lot can happen in five minutes. You can see the microaggression, you can see the ugliness that other people don't feel of other people are not sensitive to that. And you can see so much more, all the hidden signals that are being sent out. And that's a way for me to to talk about immigration, but also talk about the discrimination, the racism, the so many other isms that are happening in the workplace that when you put on my glasses, then you'll be able to see what I see, what I see and what I feel. Just a fraction, but we need some understanding for people to unlock that empathy part. So not doing a role play, not just showing a movie because there are so many movies out there. There are so many books out there, but yet there's still a lack of understanding. There's still a lack of empathy. And I want for the people that have their empathy, because I know that there are some people out there that don't have them. I can only talk about the people that have them. I want to challenge them to walk a mile in my shoes or to live my life for just for five minutes and see how you feel about that, because you can never unsee what you saw. I appreciate that. I've been, I use VR and one of the things, it's a game. It's not really a game. It's a learn. It's to mm-hmm. learn a different language. Yeah. What's so yeah. funny is you have to pronounce it back. And if the mm-hmm. computer doesn't understand, it says, I don't understand. And my husband was cracking up because all he heard me go like, ah, like I was in Tokyo. I could not get a ticket. And the, the person just kept saying like, I don't understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that, this was um, the first stage is, travel and with when you're learning languages a lot of times the first step is travel and it was like I'm never gonna get there yeah. like forget the whole the rest of it was going to a hotel so maybe I got my ticket but then how was I gonna get a cab and then how was I gonna eat how was I gonna get to my appointment and so no 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 one wants to wants to to do that they don't realize that people are forced into this situation mm-hmm. yeah. um and uh, being empathetic. I know traveling internationally, and I think Katie can say the same, you feel an empathy for people trying to get around and you can hear people having difficulty communicating. Um, and I always am trying to help, even though I don't know, I may not rightly understand what they're saying. I'll bring out my phone because there's nothing worse than when you need something and you, and you can't get it and people just turn their back on you. It's Mm -hmm. the, it's heartbreaking and it, and I yeah. hate seeing other people do that, but that's only one piece. Um, mm-hmm. I like the VR because there's other things that's not even a normal day-to-day situation. Right. So I appreciate it. Is there something that you used or a program that you've implemented in using VR to try to help um, gain that empathy? Um like I shared, I use VR to unlock empathy. So yes, um, there is a training out there that my partner, uh, a partner from iBias VR, has organized where there is a setting where you have sexism and racism in one. Um, and it's confrontational. It happens just within five minutes. Um, the reactions are different. The reaction as in, this is not applicable in our in our company as into wow this is so real i i now understand better what my colleague was sharing or i now know how to prepare myself when somebody stands next to your desk explaining that something happened to them right because the majority of the time a victim has to prove themselves 
And depending on how empathic um, their coworker is or somebody else is, somebody they confided is, you don't want to re- you don't want them to relive that incident or that act anymore. You want to be sim- empathy. Em- you want to show empathy, but also be sim- uh, be be showing some love, showing some heart, showing a virtual care. Like, what can I do? What do you need from me? How can I support you along the way? And sometimes we forget to ask these questions. So, being able to really do you know shock them with the situation and from there on that's when the training starts that's when i start okay what can you do what can we do to do better because i feel like the training and also harvard mentioned that harvard business review mentioned that a lot of the dei training stops where it should be starting i i agree with that i think it reminds me that the conversation we were having this morning was what we were going to leave in 2021. Mm-hmm. And it's something oh, yeah. that Katie and I spoke about too. And one of the things I know traditionally that has been taught in HR is like, never say sorry mm. that something happened. And it's like, by, by the time I, I explain when I do my training, by the time it gets to me um, from an HR perspective, they've already shared it four times. And someone or something made them come to finally get help. They're looking for help Mm -hmm. and to not be empathetic and to not say, I'm so sorry that you're feeling this way. Yeah. Yeah. As a rule, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's horrible. Yeah. But also just listening, just listening, just being there. Just listening without judging. I think that's a piece that's hard for folks though, too. It is the, you know, I, I talk a lot about listening and believing because mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. Like it's the, even if they will listen, mm-hmm. it's also that, well, was that really what happened? Or, oh, well, it's Bob. You don't understand Bob. And, you know, Bob's yeah. just being Bob. And it's like, so it's also the, if you can get them to listen, awesome. And then also to believe and actually then act or do something. So I love the idea of using VR because I think it's also having the experience yourself. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is what they've said also about, you know, now that we're seeing so many of these things on video that everyone has a camera on their phone and how that has changed the narrative so much because yeah. people are like, oh, like that's not what that, that's not what that cop said, or that didn't really happen yeah. or, oh, no way would that be the case. And now you're seeing it on video and it's like, oh my goodness gracious. No, this is real. And you know, this is how, how this plays out every day for people. And so to have the VR, to really be able to say, this is what it's like for me. This is what it's like in these situations. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just, it's fascinating. And, you know, it's one of those and we talk about this all the time, you know, the having a conversation and what conversations you have to have as a parent, what conversations you have to have as a friend for folks. And, you know, Jackie and I have talked about this on uh, previous episodes, you know, the conversations she had to have with her kids about if you are pulled over or, yes, you know, yes. kind of similar double parenting. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. all of the different levels of things that if I had children, I wouldn't have to have that same conversation or I, you know, we, you know, it's just how that works. But then, you know, as women, we have a different set of conversations or a different set of rules that we have to live by and think about all the time and every interaction we're in. And to have people actually experience that, I think would be interesting. Yeah. And it never goes away. Like I, there are, are definitely, I think, I think that's kind of part of what we do where we can explain, uh, this must be what, like, a, it's like being a woman. I think mm-hmm. you're yeah. tolerated than what it's like being yeah. a black woman. Like, yeah. I wish I could just be a white woman. Like I have to yeah. snap this on top of this. Then your kids are on top of this. Then, you know, housing or access to healthcare or act just basic survival. I, I never, I, it took a long time because we try to be in- inclusionary. And so sometimes we can make things fair at work or mm-hmm. I have an understanding without realizing that at some point people leave the workplace and they have to go yeah. that. And then whatever happened between five o'clock at night to eight o'clock in the morning, they are bringing that back. And so mm-hmm. um, it becomes the question, it's not enough. Let's go beyond helping people how to work with other 
people at work. And we do need to make it broader so that it's like dealing with other people in general. Like mm-hmm. this is not reserved for the time that, that you're here. It's like an mm-hmm. honor code of what we expect in the world and, and sharing those things. And I think we're starting, um, people are having broader conversations and realizing that when you ask people to bring themselves to work, that's coming as well. Whatever they're experiencing is coming with them. True. That's true. And also I want to add something on is uh, transgender people are having a hard time. So being able to walk a mile in their shoes and being able to see that it starts with the little things, right? It starts with, am I, am I safe enough to use the restroom? Am I safe to walk outside? Am I safe to have a relationship? Am I safe that my colleagues are not outing me? Am I safe to work here? Will they hire me because I'm a transgender woman or man? Am I just safe? Because there are so much, it's easier to judge people, especially now that we are on a distance and you can easily, people can easily troll on all these social media platforms without knowing people just because they fear them. And I want you to know me without me explaining over and over again who I am. Or I want you to know the transgender person without them explaining themselves who they are. I want you to walk in their shoes as well. It is such a critical thing because I, it is hard. I mean, like, and Mm -hmm. I, I will say this, you know, as a white woman, I will never be able to understand what it is like to be a person of color. And mm-hmm. so I think there is this piece where, you know, even having some of these tools, yeah. I, I always, the caveat I would give is also the, even if you use a VR tool for an hour or a few hours or whatever, that doesn't make you an expert. Sure. That doesn't mean, you know, all the things. And, and also you can take that VR headset off. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's also something that it's, this is, you know, something that I talk about quite a bit is, you know, with groups that I have that are, you know, you have white people, it just came up actually in a conversation the other day. Um, we were talking about like stepping in and, and, mm-hmm. you know, jumping in when there's a situation that isn't going well for yeah. a person of color, a woman, uh, you know, whoever is in the marginalized group that's being targeted. And, and we had to have the conversation of, okay, you might not want to take action. You might not want to do something, but they don't want to be in this situation either. They don't want to be Mm -hmm. targeted every time they get on the bus or are at a restaurant or are wherever. And and we know that there are so many groups, you know, Asian Americans right now in the U S are still getting attacked and getting targeted for all kinds of different things. And it's just this ongoing cycle. And there is no room to go, oh, it's not, I, they, they aren't looking at me. They aren't talking to me. So I'm going to step back and I'm not going to get involved. That's not it. You don't have that right anymore. You have sure. to step in. You have to be a part of the conversation. And, you know, we were talking about safety and, you know, would you put, you know, put yourself in that position. You can be safe and turn on your camera phone. You can be safe and, and be across the street. You can be safe and, you know, t- take different actions. And we even talked about, you know, you can be safe. And, you know, one of the folks said, well, I would probably call 911. And I said, well, that's something you actually have to think about. Is that the right mm-hmm. answer or not? Again, because yeah. a lot of times, as we know, things get twisted around when law enforcement shows up, unfortunately, you know, and so just it's all of the things that, you know, you get to take off and you get to be able to walk away and, and for folks that are being targeted, they can't. And they also have to worry about if I get, you know, law enforcement involved, what does that mean for me or or how, what will the impact be? And we know there's been just some horrific, um, horrific examples and horrific things that have occurred because of that. And so it just, it is just interesting. Like, how do you give people that experience and help them understand, but also make sure they understand that, yes, you had this experience, but there's a lot more to it and it's an everyday yeah. thing and it's constant. So yeah. interesting. Um, Jackie, 
was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Sorry. I, I, well, I, I was actually checking time because I, I am trying to be more thoughtful this year because we've been so That's bad great. about, I'm, I like actually put on a timer. Yeah. 2022, Katie I'm turned so over. Proud of you. Yeah. Um, one thing that people don't know, like we kind of go through this little order of things of like, Katie does this part and I do this part. And I did actually look at all of our episodes and, you know, I don't think, I think we should continue never having one end at the same time like I don't think one of the past 50 episodes no. never at the, mm -mm. Same, the same no same time that's kind of fun well I, I so Vivian we just had uh, an episode dropped yesterday and mm -hmm. as we were uploading it I was cracking up because I do try to keep a timer and keep us at 45 minutes <laughs> give or take and then I was uploading and I was like, it's like an hour and 20 uh -oh. minutes. And yeah. it's just because Jackie uh -oh. and I hadn't talked. We hadn't talked a while. So it was like, like all the things. Um, so I, I would love to know, because, you know, we have folks listening from all over the place. Um, what is your favorite thing about living in the Netherlands? My favorite thing about living in the Netherlands is there are a lot of possibilities in the Netherlands. So um, I am glad that I have a freedom of choice to choose whatever college I want to do, but also I'm glad that I'm able to work from here and work all over the world. Um, we are starting, let's say we are starting to, to, to teach children more about race or more about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I know that in the U.S. there are some states that are dropping that. Um, and I like the freedom. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. The only thing what I don't like at the moment right now, besides the whole denial of the DEI uh, conversation is the weather because now it's winter and I'm seeing, I'm looking at Jackie and I'm just like, I can't, I can't even look behind her because I'm seeing too much sun <laughs> behind her. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be 74 today. It's a little, it's yeah. a little fluke. It was like 32 mm. days ago, but <laughs> See, this is the time of year that I love the most in Arizona. Cause yeah, we're, it, we're going to hit like 70 today. It was mm -hmm. or 71 today. Sorry. It's like seventies. So mm -hmm. actually let me tell you, hold on. I'm, I just said that and then realized me. I'm telling you, no, no, no. I was actually thinking I need to convert that. I don't even know what that I is. I need to convert my temperature. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Cause I'm like, you are. It's, it's, it's 42 ish lower sometimes, Ooh. but it's 42. Yeah. <laughs> mm -mm. yeah i think actually the last time i was um in amsterdam i had to buy mm -hmm. a new coat because i mm -hmm. was like freezing it, I, and yeah. it might have even snowed like while we were at dinner and we yeah. were it was bad but um it, yeah <laughs> i'm sorry we'll just say we're sorry <laughs> That's Glad that you know. have some sympathy for me. <laughs> right, right. Yes. Yeah. I won't mention yes. that I just took the, the puppy on a walk right before uh, jumping on to record, but you know, <laughs> hey, all good, all good. Um, so tell me, what are you looking forward to? What are you working on? What's coming up for you? Mm -hmm. So definitely looking forward to this year's Amplify DEI, and I would love to send an invitation to you to join on the speaker, on the speaker, as a speaker. So I'll be reaching out. Um, I am currently doing a coaching training because I want to learn to understand how I can unlock more empathy from within, from people themselves, so that they can start their journey from wherever they are at. I am not saying that I'm meeting them, but I want to unlock their understanding. So um, not convincing, but standing next to a person where together we can look each other in the mirror, but also look and share a different perspective as in, where are you? What is your fears? What do you want to do? And how can I support you? Um, I 
want to be more mindful this year because the last two years have been a roller coaster uh, personally, but also business wise. And I want to do this work more mindfully because I ended my year being fatigued. Um, what I didn't disclose is I'm working in a maternity care where DEI is literally a life and death situation for uh, the new parents, but also for the newborn and also for the professionals who are working in there, right? Um, people don't realize that we have male midwives and there can be an misunderstanding where somebody is being beaten up because they don't trust this male yes. midwife or somebody can be ignored because they are a person of color who is a midwife or somebody can be ignored because they don't speak the language whereas a white woman who is crying for pain is being is having a surgery uh, but the other woman who the black woman who is laying on the bed and is screaming that she's in pain has to wait longer and longer and longer and I don't know what it is because apparently people of color have a, a higher threshold when it comes to pain, but I bleed as everybody else. I mm -hmm. cry as everybody else and I hurt as everybody else. And, and that's one of the things that is just simply not true. Like there isn't mm -hmm. a stronger threshold. That's always like part of the lie that allowed mm -hmm. people to feel like they can treat people any kind of mm -hmm. way. And the yeah. more that we look at these things i i applaud you for for showing empathy and and it's one of those where it like you said it is life or death mm -hmm. and yeah. we have to um kind of going back to katie's point it's like you when people tell you who they are you have to believe them and you have to accept mm -hmm. their truth and so i can appreciate empathy but i'm always like you don't have to you don't have to empathize you don't have to empathize you have to believe me when I tell you that this is happening. Yeah. Like before yeah. we, you can even get to the empathy, you would have to at least believe that what I'm saying is true. And so that's what is always shocking to me when someone will tell the story of their pain and a person, especially in the medical field will say, that's not true. I was just yeah. looking at this video and it was a little girl and she, um, was seven and they took her to hospital because something happened to her arm and the doctor said if you can throw this ball I'll give you this like popsicle and she was like I can't throw the ball so then the next day they go and her arm both bones arm was broken right like she had to go back to the hospital they didn't believe wow. her the first time wow. and because she and it happened the day before right and it's like look <laughs> like as just assume they're telling the truth first and work with mm -hmm. it from that that perspective because yeah. he couldn't empathize at all because he didn't believe and so we need to accept that we don't know everything and listen and listen to what people are saying to gain that yeah. empathy and you're you're harming a little girl's trust in healthcare right yes. yeah moving yeah. forward yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's also a piece here, and this is something that it, you're probably focused on as well, is even if in that circumstance, the parents would have spoken up or tried mm -hmm. to be like, no, we're doing this, then it's, oh, they're angry and, and they need to be you know, That's escorted right. out of the hospital. Yeah. We need to call security, all of these other things, which is also just mind boggling. Because I mean, mm -hmm. like, if one of my nieces and nephews was hurt and I'm at the hospital with them and I'm told try to throw a ball, I would probably go to jail. Um, probably would. Can I mean, I, 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 yes, jail. Yes. Good to know that you know, about you. Well, I, you know I mean? Like, like if uh, we're in that circumstance and it's, I'm Oh, come back tomorrow. Like, uh, uh, yeah, no. no. Um, so I, that's the part that also, but, but actually I wouldn't go to jail. I would be like, Oh, this white woman, you know, she's a little upset. We'll figure it out and let's go do what she wants us to do. Yeah. Um, the pearls on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, advocacy is next is teaching yeah. people how to advocate for themselves. And that is a big piece of being afraid. And we have to, to work on that side as well as, is um, being able to advocate for yourself. And what I have learned over the years, a lot of times it takes 
um, some being safe enough to communicate with other people. Like, did this, did this happen mm-hmm. to you? Like, I think yeah. this happened to me. Did that happen to you? And then you have, when they say, no, that didn't happen to me. Then you have to ask somebody else. Because yeah. it's like, okay, what's the difference between me and you? And what's the closest that to what somebody that looks like me to see if that happened? Yeah. You know, to learn how to advocate, but not to let it go. And I think mm-hmm. um, letting things go in that way is, is prevents us from, from getting what we need. And, and that's been taught. And we need to start teaching people um, to advocate. Yeah. for themselves just what and, you, and especially in those situations just what you shared right now right how many people are being isolated just because they went through a phase at work with a manager or with a co-worker or with a client and they felt so alone because we don't talk about it right we don't speak up about it but luckily now we have podcasts we have books we have different platforms where we can unite because there is unity there's power in unity And I don't want you to feel alone, never, ever, because um, this is a personal thing. If it wasn't for my son, I wouldn't be here. That's how bad racism really cut me. It hurt me. It hurt. It still hurts. And for me to be able to share my story and to prevent others from thinking the way that experiencing what I experienced I sometimes say, I'm still standing. And if you know that song from Elton John in the past, I'm still standing. Um, it's a very touching song. Sometimes I listen to that and I'm still wondering, what am I doing here? Because I've been through a lot, but there is a lesson to be learned. And that's what I'm here for. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you so much for sharing. So at the end of each episode, um, you might know this because I know you're a listener. Um, we asked the question, what is one thing you want to make sure our listeners take away from this episode? So, and it never is really one, but we, mm-hmm. I, I, I try my best to keep Jackie in line, <laughs> but you know, it just, yes, I'm right. At this point, it's just, you know, <laughs> it's all helter skelter. But yeah. what is one thing you would like folks to, to, have heard and know walking away from this episode? From this year, I want people to level up the EI. So um, when you think about where you are at and what commitment you can make now, and I am challenging basically everybody to do something within the next upcoming 90 days. I'm not asking you to bungee jump the way that I did and set up a virtual summit. I want you to think about maybe looking into your network, whose voice, whose voice is missing within your Rolodex. Um, what books have, do you need to read? What podcasts do you need to listen to? Learn more about what you as an individual can do instead of waiting upon a manager or waiting upon a company or waiting upon somebody else to start. I want you to focus on you and to amplify your inclusive self-leadership journey to create a better space for everybody. Awesome. Thank you. Miss Jackie, can we can we keep it to like two at least? I think I think I'll try. It always I always have the best intention. I just mm-hmm. want people can people just listen this year, maybe? Yeah. It always turns into it. Can you just shut up? Is that two things? Is listen and shut up. Those are two things. Okay. So two things. Listen and shut up. Listen. You have one mouth and two ears. Is that what we're going with? <laughs> but I have so a microphone. So is that two? Is that two turntables <laughs> and a microphone. <laughs> and a microphone. Yes. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that, if that changes things. Yeah. I like the listening. So I well, actually, uh, Vivian, I'm going to go with what you shared of what you're doing this year with about being mindful. And, you know, for me, it, it, like, I think all of us can take that and, and run with it because I think there is so much coming at us all the time, but I will also say, you know, what you just said about, you would not be here if it weren't for your son, like that's, that is going to sit with me for a minute. I'm just going to let you know. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, we all need to just be thoughtful about of, you know, 
you just don't know what other folks are going through. You don't know what other folks are dealing with, what their experiences have been. And I, for one, and I'll speak for Jackie, we are very glad that you're here. We are very glad that you joined us today. Um, and and I'm also going to speak for Jackie is we'll be wherever you need us to be, whatever yep. stage you need us on, virtual or otherwise. Yep. Um, we would love to, to be a part of what you're building, and it's amazing. Um, so how can folks reach you? How can they find you? I'm easiest uh, reachable via LinkedIn. Uh, that's my main platform or via Twitter. And I would say tune in from time to time into Let's Humanize the Workplace, which is a live stream about how can we collectively make the workplace better. So without any finger pointing or the yada, 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 I want us to collectively contribute into how we can humanize the workplace. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much for joining us, Vivian. This is Katie Van Horn. And this is Jackie Clayton. (laughs) (laughs) Got my paws in. (laughs) Uh And this is the Inclusive AF Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight cisgender white men and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either she's wendy and i'm beth and together we host fruit loops serial killers of color a true crime podcast together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold we also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve at fruit loops we're serving up true crime with a side of history society culture and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.